Andy Cole. Drum roll. Hello and welcome to the perfect ten. Did you? <laughs> Does <it again>? <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Ten. Hello and welcome to the Perfect Ten Wrestling Podcast. My name is The Implications and I'm joined by my American friend. He's American and proud. He doesn't support Donald Trump. It's Burn. I mean, I'm American. I don't know what a degree of pride I have right now, considering Donald Trump is at like 40% in the polls. Of course, it's 40% of like 50% who vote, so it's really like 20% of the country, so eh. Whatever. So, um, I like the joke on Saturday Night Live. I think it was Michael Che. It's one of them. It was the news bit. And the joke was... Give me a second. It this is a Seth Rollins-esque choke job right now. <laughs> it was there. And then I felt the stutter coming. <laughs> he just ruined it. He's going to turnbuckle powerbomb me next and hurt me. Yeah, but you won't notice it in the edit. It'll just be like the smoothest transition. <laughs> oh, no, that bit was funny now. <laughs> yeah, it was Donald... Uh, Donald Trump is going after the lowest common denominator. Turns out that's quite a big portion of the population. <laughs> Just a thought. Yeah, it's quite a lot of people who are not very clever. Yeah, it's, it's quite smart if you think yep. about it. <laughs> but yeah. right, we're not going to talk about Donald Trump, even if he's uh, <laughs> a good source of comedy. <laughs> Did you see John right. Oliver after he was accepting his, his Emmy? He was asked a couple questions. Mm. Someone asked him uh, about being British and so course you know he's talking about the, the the empire and how he sounds smarter because he's british <laughs> there was more to that was joke it? but i totally spaced <laughs> out on the rest of what he said i've done exactly what i did and just yeah <laughs> comes based out here i saw that he did call he did the call out to donald trump for him to go on the show it's like i come on donald trump it's an invitation come on my show please wow <laughs> it was a thought uh, i don't think he'll do it zero percent chance <laughs> but it's funny that he tried it because i like it when when he does stuff like that it's something fun every time Right, let's actually talk about wrestling. <laughs> my, my fault for bringing up Donald Trump. That's because <laughs> we don't have a whole lot wrestling. of wrestling this week. We only have two shows. We've got two shows, and then we've got a pay-per-view, which has come around very, very quickly. I don't know if I can keep up with this t- every single two weeks as a pay-per-view. I mean, it's like <laughs> two or three weeks, but it's also like, they're not really pay-per-views. They kind of are, but they're more like, you know, monthly specials, because they're, they're half the roster, so... I kind of like the way at least Backlash worked. It was just a couple really good wrestling matches. It didn't feel bloated like SummerSlam did. So I, I kind of like it, and I I don't think we're going to get as worn down as it, it kind of seems if they have them every two or three weeks, just because they're going to be more simple and, uh, just, I think, smaller cards. Plus, we're still in the first round of it happening. Yeah. So it still feels really, really new. When we get used to it, we'll get used to it. Plus, at least SmackDown's awesome. Maybe Raws will suck and they'll balance out. <laughs> like, every Monday, I feel like, why do I put myself through this? Because <laughs> Raw is so much difficult to get through. And then I watch SmackDown and go, actually, I really like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what are the odds that the Kevin Owens-Seth Rollins match ends cleanly at Clash of the Champions? Or <laughs> And what, what are the odds that Triple H specifically interferes? I reckon Kevin Owens is just going to win. You think he's going to win with no interference? Oh, shit, that can't work, can it? No, he'll do something <laughs> dastardly and win. <laughs> but there won't be any interference. Oh, does Chris Jericho running down? No, Chris Jericho run down. 
it won't work because he's more comedy at this point. So they'll have their little funny spot with Jericho. Then Kevin Owens will win somehow, <laughs> which is he I steals Maurice's mace and maces Seth, <laughs> or he hits him with the list. <laughs> with the thing, <laughs> down he goes. Like, You're on the list now, <laughs> Seth. Yeah, like uh, like Alexa Bliss hitting Becky with with the binder and her like collapsing like she was hit by the sledgehammer. It's, it's like <laughs> a was, three yeah. ounce binder, woman. Because <laughs> yeah. she chucked it with such force, <laughs> like it was really. Hurt. Yeah, but she's like three feet tall, so I mean, how much force is that? <laughs> little people, they're quite they're can be quite forceful. Well, there's the little fact of oh, I'm taking this from little the fact. film with Owen Wilson. <laughs> a little fact which was presented to me on the Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn film The Internship which oh is probably God. not a fact you, you use the little, term film very loosely <laughs> if you're shrunk I really like that film even if it's a gigantic ad for Google I enjoyed it it was silly fun but yeah um, if you with your same strength got shrunk down to a smaller size you'd be able to jump really high so Alexa Bliss <laughs> she's got really powerful arms and things because she's just a shrunken person <laughs> so I guess that's the logic as to why she's little and can, and she's not going to win. <laughs> Becky's going to win. I would be obviously. incredibly surprised. Like she can, I'm, I'm still surprised she doesn't use her metal hand as like a heel thing to hit them with or something like that. Yeah, she takes that, it off that beforehand. Could be a good spot. It doesn't seem like it would have much impact. It's not a brass knuckle. You which, can pretend it is. Which I love yeah. that William Regal has that like on a pedestal on his desk. He has his brass knuckle right there. <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And to think he's had it down his pants for hours. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> there's a reason head. nobody touches it in his office. <laughs> Everyone's aware of where... Everyone knows where it's been. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, uh... <laughs> right, we'll talk about Raw. We've jumped from Raw to... Well, well the Raw main event to the SmackDown <laughs> opener. <laughs> it's a more freestyle. We're just more relaxed. Cause That's there's right. No, no NXT yet. No, we're recording this Wednesday before NXT airs. Yeah, no, no ZDBC anymore. Got the cruiserweights. Cruiserweights are lovely. As it's more free, might as well just start with the cruiserweights. <laughs> Get out of the way. That was a big one. Uh, they were great. I like. Well, I say they were great. It was a good introduction. It well, wasn't. Match I mean, the, the year introduction year technically sucked because Mick Foley was stumbling around and <laughs> I, apparently needed note cards to remember four people. But I, <laughs> I thought they put on a very good performance. All four guys looked really good. The Brian Kendrick is the fucking man, and I'm so happy he he not only won the match, but you know he's just getting another raw run. Super cool. Cedric Alexander looked awesome. Rich Swan looked awesome. Grand Metalik flew around like he usually does. Uh, yeah, they they all look really good. I I understand people were a little concerned about the booking decision where you have like this awesome one on one tournament forever, and you somehow build characters without story, which is great. And then like your introduction to them is like Mick Foley reading a note card to four of them, and then we have this <laughs> weird fatal four way. And then the the champion, the guy that you're going to build the division around, isn't even on. Like, he doesn't get an introduction or anything. That's a a really stupid idea. You should have introduced him first and had him ringside or something. But uh, I thought the Fatal 4-Way was very cool. And, you know, it kind of fits what they did with the Universal Championship Tournament. Like, when they split Raw, they had the two Fatal 4-Way matches that led into the one-on-one match. So, yeah, of course they'd have another Fatal 4-Way. Apparently that's just how they do it on Raw now. And yeah, then the match was really good. Yeah. I like Brian Kendrick faking the, the slice bread number two, not getting to hit it, and then winning with uh, whatever kind of choke that was. The, the like side bank statement, basically. <laughs> well, it was in the CWC the entire time they called it the buddy choke. Yeah. And for some reason on Raw, they've renamed it the captain's hook. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, right, Is that because he looks like a pirate? I guess. And he comes out with the pirate flag, doesn't he? <laughs> he comes out with some kind of flag. I don't know what flag it is. 
but that, it, it just made me think of Paul Birchall. <laughs> if you remember, oh, I'm going back now, like ten years. <laughs> like it was when he came out with apparently his ancestors were pirates, so he was going to channel that, <laughs> and he was going to be pirate, and he swung onto the stage on a big rope. <laughs> that was awesome, and you mean incestuous pirates? <laughs> Because that storyline was disturbing. <laughs> oh, because of his sister, Kate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I love that. I loved him swinging on, in on the rope. He just mm. he didn't get over because it's a really weird gimmick. Like, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. What's his face that's coming on SmackDown? And they do What's all the stupid face, Chuck does? Norris facts about. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. Um, <laughs> he says his name like a million times, doesn't he? <laughs> and he was in WWE in previously, so this is super now. embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, I've forgotten his name, but it, it's Brian. He was Brian Myers for the last few years. But it's really bad. Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> so another guy I whose felt... character is gonna bury him no matter what he does. So good work, guys. I feel like such a knob remembering his indie name and just completely <laughs> forgetting his WWE name. You should. <laughs> but yeah, they're just. I feel like I'm, I think it's bemused a good word because <laughs> it's so odd and peculiar. I feel like I should be laughing, and I think that sometimes forces a laugh out of me, just like the awkwardness. <laughs> this year's so most uh, popular baby names: Kurt Hawkins, <laughs> Kurt Hawkins, and Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> I, don't know. I liked how every every single one he did had a different accent. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, then. <laughs> Is this like a movie Weird. bit? Is he like impersonating movie stuff? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know. If your point is he's really wacky and really weird, you've got that over. <laughs> it's just so odd. <laughs> Plus, there's those accounts on Twitter called uh, Wrestling Without Context. <laughs> which, yeah, a little bit for that. Yeah, There's also Vince Without Context, which is great. <laughs> but, yeah, Wrestling Without Context, and it just shows that shot from last week with uh, Brian, with uh, uh, Hawkins bent over with his ass just looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I must have blocked that scene from my memory. <laughs> it's just so peculiar. <laughs> so cruiserweights. Oh, they also didn't show the belt, right? Like they didn't bring the belt out. You can at least bring the yeah. belt out and put it on a pedestal or something. Come on. No, yeah, at least get TJ per- like show off TJ Perkins. Oh, so bad. Like, yeah, <laughs> he didn't have to wrestle. He could have done the old have him sit there and watch the match thing, or you have him watching it backstage at a awkward twenty five degree angle. <laughs> just to off to the side of yeah. it. Here's the best <laughs> yeah. idea. You put him in an exhibition match against Neville. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, but yeah, against the guy who's already on the main yeah, roster. Who's yeah, who's already over and is awesome and people know and he's established. And then you could have him yeah, wrestle to yeah. a draw or whatever. Like, you don't even have to put him over. You just have to put him on the level of the guy that probably should have been the first champion. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think Neville can make the weight cut, assuming they, <laughs> they keep that kind of strict and it's not just like a kayfabe. Uh, Seth Rollins is going for it. He made the 215 weight cut. No fucking way. He's like 240. Assuming they actually like have to, yeah. stick with the 215. Like I don't know. Can Neville even make that? He's all muscle, isn't He's he? All He's muscle. got nothing left to lose. It's so crazy. Yeah, what, what, he'd have to stop working out, but then he couldn't do his stuff. It's yeah. flippy shit. So yeah. Right, um, out of the four competitors, which one did you think stood out the most? The Brian Kendrick. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that. he has the most personality. He has the coolest finisher. They were, they all were very good, and they all kind of stood out in different ways. Like, Rich Swan, you just want to root for him. He's so fun. Cedric Alexander, freaky athlete, has a good look, like, knows every move. Grand Metallic, he's what the luchadors should have been for the last, like, six yeah. years, when instead we got Sin Cara, Sin Cara 2, Sin Cara The Return. And Kalisto, who was good in NXT and then just has completely flopped on the main roster. He, he's what the Luchador should be. 
you know, he's talented and he's acrobatic and he doesn't botch everything. And he also has some power and some legitimacy. So uh, they, they all seemed really good, but the Brian Kendrick has a history and he has a great finisher and a story and he stands out to me the most. Yeah, he's, he's the only, I say he's the only one with character because of course the others have got charisma, but he's the only one who's been given something to work with, which will be interesting to see in the main roster. Uh, well, um, on Sunday against TJ Perkins, it's going to be quite interesting to see how the face-heel dynamic plays out if they're going to do it. Of course, he's heel on CWs. Of course, TJ Perkins, he's got the cocky shit that he does. Like, he does the dab and he, like, he'll do a move <laughs> and then he'll do a dance move or something. <laughs> Just to, those bit cocky. But the main roster only know Brian Kendrick, so will they automatically kind of cheer for him? Well, but then he's going to be a dick. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be exactly like happened in the CWC. They're going to cheer for Kendrick because they know him, and then Kendrick is so fucking good that he will make them boo him. It's like Jericho and Seth. Like, <laughs> even if you want to cheer them, you give them like three minutes, and they will make you boo them. Like Kendrick did mm. the exact same thing in every match. I like how in every one of his matches so far with uh, Brian Kendrick, he's used a different part of the ring setup that no one else <laughs> just uses. Yeah, like, like last night, yeah, you know, Monday where he put uh, Rich Swan's foot in the hole on the steps. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like just literally looking at his surroundings and choosing something, and, and it, it adds. To, I think that adds so much just to yeah. something so unique like that every single time. And he uses yeah. like a different finisher every every match. <laughs> I loved the. Um, he went for the sliced bread, and then, uh, which one was it? Oh, yeah, Metallic caught him. Yep. And then put him in the slams, like, yes, that was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's what <laughs> happens when you go for a move like that in a multi-man match. It's like if Scotty Too Hotty <laughs> was going for his worm, which I know you love. Like, <laughs> there's no way you get it. 20 seconds uninterrupted to do that mat move. And, like, the whole <laughs> ring is what it takes. Like, um, the other night, I was watching Acid, uh, one of the Astrodeo of Wars. I, I thought I'd just put it on whilst I'm feeling sleepy. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, Scotty Too Hotty and uh, uh, what's his name? What was his uh, Grandmaster was his Sexy? Grandmaster Sexy, that was his name. Yeah. So um, it was those two, but before they got their too cool gimmick, oh, <laughs> it was just weird. like they're just generic wrestlers. Like this is so weird <laughs> watching them wrestle. Like when they haven't been given any charisma or character, just them wrestling. Like, oh, it feels so odd. <laughs> I don't quite understand. <laughs> Right, coming back on topic. <laughs> yeah, the Cruiserweights had a great showing. Metallic, I loved how he get, Metallic did his uh, pre-match promo entirely in Spanish. That yeah. worked for me. Yeah, I liked the presentation as well with the lighting. They actually changed it to the purple and silver uh, like house style, mm-hmm. which I thought they wouldn't do. Part of me just thought they'd, because of course they're bashing it in your head that so the Cruiserweights are only on Raw. You can't get this on SmackDown, but it's only here on Raw. You can get it, you get it. <laughs> I, I couldn't count how many times they said it in the match. <laughs> it's just stupid. But I thought they'd have raw like plastered everywhere, in bright red, just to help remind you, in case you hadn't noticed. But then they kind of did that, but they had the raw logo at least in the cruiserweight house style, and I thought it looked really good. I wonder how long the they'll. Lighting for the I wonder how long they'll say step uh, stay separate from the main roster before you know one of them bumps into Jericho backstage and Jericho talks shit and then they have an exhibition match or whatever. Like how long are they going to be just wrestling other cruiserweights? It's a good question. They'll give them time to like establish themselves and properly set up the cruiserweight division and then maybe as in see who's maybe half a year. You think it depends on how long it takes. That's yeah. a lot of maybe. discipline for WWE to exert. <laughs> Okay, that's what they should do. Is <laughs> properly build the division, give them some rep, and then they can have the odd thing once the fans are really behind them. You know, it's more likely I, yeah. next week on Raw, 
TJ Perkins bumps into Kevin Owens. Joko adds him to the list. <laughs> <laughs> and then Perkins pins Kevin Owens clean in the ring because, you know, you can't ever let your champion actually win matches cleanly. <laughs> oh, he's, he lost. <laughs> Kevin Owens lost. <laughs> well, yeah, so do you think TJ Perkins is winning at Clash of Champions? Oh, yeah. I mean, as much yeah. as I would love uh, <laughs> Brian Kendrick, the Brian Kendrick, to get the belt back. You can't put the belt on him a week after TJ won it in a tournament. You can't do it. Like for the main roster, like how many people watch CWC? Like a million or something like yeah, two million, I mean, two million. There's like a million and a half people that have the network, so yeah. figure a million. It how many of those people are main roster yeah. watchers religiously say, as well? Yeah. 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 But there's no way Triple H yeah. is going to let that belt go to someone else one week after it was given to TJ in this <laughs> big ceremony. There's no way. Yeah, so st- it wouldn't make any sense. Like, for the audience who haven't seen TJ Perkins, like, oh, who's this guy? Oh, he's the champion. Oh, he must be a big deal. And then he loses. <laughs> like, oh. And then he's nothing. Because <laughs> um, one thing I found a bit interesting is TJ Perkins in the... CWC was the underdog in a way, kind of fighting his way up. And they did that with one of his promos where he was saying they said he should have lost against this guy and then that guy and then that guy and he beat every one of them. They kind of use that to get him to win. But with the main roster, he's walking in as the top dog. He is the champion. Yeah. So he's like the king of that division. I always so thought that was kind of bullshit anyway. Like, he, he never really seemed the underdog except against Ibushi. Like, I didn't think he was the underdog against Rich Swan. Why was he the underdog? I didn't think he was the underdog even against Gargano. Like, Gargano's awesome and he's a vet, but, like, at worst, I thought they were just evenly matched. Like, I, I don't understand why he was the underdog. He's the vet in almost every one of those matches. He's just as big, if not bigger, than all of those guys. Just watching them, he's better than almost everyone. Like, why is he the underdog other than they told us that? Because <laughs> it adds to the going from the homeless guy fighting as an underdog on the from the underground. Because <laughs> And then he makes it to the top, <laughs> and he's and he's the champion. That's a it's, bunch it's of people's story, story, though. It's the same as Rich Swan, right? <laughs> yeah, his Rich Swan was was he? No, he said he got in with the wrong crowd. I don't know if he got went in with the wrong or... crowd, and like both of his parents yeah. died when he was a teenager. It's crazy. Mm. But I mean, your personal yeah. backstory has nothing to do with whether you're the favorite in the match. <laughs> like that's just it's your like skill in the won. ring. And I mean, realistically, <laughs> in the tournament, maybe only Kota Ibushi was better in the ring consistently yeah. than yeah. TJ was. Yeah, I say those two were the VIPs of the tournament. Yeah, and Kendrick. Amazing. It's a three-way tie. Yeah, yeah. With your low tolerance for <laughs> soft stories, I take it you don't watch America's Got Talent or American <laughs> I don't Idol watch any reality television. All those shows are trash. <laughs> yes. I, the only reality TV I watch is Monday Night Raw and Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, SmackDown. <laughs> like I used to watch them when I was younger. And then I stopped watching them. And then I met, there's a, it was a magician who died a few years ago, but I met him at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival called Paul Daniels. He's absolutely, he's famous as hell in my country. Like a huge star, he was on TV, like a regular TV show in the 80s and things. And he was telling me when he was on, um, I can't wait, it's one of the talent shows or something like that. And one of the judges said to the acts, like on live on television, was like, I thought you could have done better, I thought it wasn't great. And then backstage, the judge went to the guy and he said, actually, I thought it was fantastic. The producers just told me to not oh, like it. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> really? I'm jealous uh, you guys are cool magicians and we get Chris Angel. <laughs> to be fair, we also like, have Penn and Teller and they're the best. So I love Penn and Teller with um, Fallless. Is that still on in America, Fallless? I think. Unless that's on our country. 
<laughs> what, what it was. What's on? Um, Penn and Teller Fallus, I think it's called, where they get magicians on to try and do oh, a magic trick. I think trick there was only one season. Job to figure At least out. I've only seen one season of it. Oh, right. Oh. Is there more I than really one? Because like I, I fucking love that show. <laughs> I thought there was more than one. <laughs> I, I thought it was fantastic. I think the first season, they only got stumped once, but it was awesome. <laughs> they're just like, oh, did you do about- it this way? And they're like, nope, here's <laughs> here's the note card on how to do it. And like, no, oh, okay, well, you win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it it's great when the guys actually get them. And they're like, we've got no idea how you did that. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it when... <laughs> I will say there is one trick I learned from Chris Angel, which is obviously half of his stuff is camera tricks and Ugh. mind But no, it was it's all a very acid simple wash, one. skinny jeans and shitty magic. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was one where you get a penny and you tell someone you're going to make the penny disappear. Uh, but so you get something like a Pritt stick. Is it called Pritt stick in a bit? Like soup, like glue, a glue stick. And you say you're going to get a glue stick, put it on top of the penny. And you're going to put a handkerchief on top of that, and you're going to lift it up and make the penny disappear. So then when you lift up the glue stick, the penny's still there. And you're like, oh, crap. And the person's looking at the penny going, hi, I didn't do it right. Uh, and they go, all right, then. How about I make the pit stick disappear? And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> what are you on about? And, it's like, and then, poof, it's gone. That's because when they're looking at the penny, you just drop the pit stick onto your lap. <laughs> so just, By the way, so just, what just are you on about is one of my favorite like UK terms. Like mm. there, there are certain like phrases and terms that you guys have that we just don't and like, nobody what, uses. But that's about? awesome. You don't use that one, on there. no. Nobody like uses that. Like, what are you on about? <laughs> or pretty much anything Gordon Ramsay says. Anytime he calls someone a plank, <laughs> cracks me up. <laughs> Penn and Teller fool us has three seasons. I'm so excited. You just made my day. <laughs> we know what Burns doing for the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got my wrestling out of the way, so. <laughs> I've still not finished Narcos, but I've got loads of TV shows now. <laughs> so, yeah, they're all back. It's, it's that time of the year where you go through your TV shows and you filter out all the crap and you see what's good and what's... Pretty much everything. What, you watch the new shows. Yeah. <laughs> I don't quite get that. Cause did you ever watch Community? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love that show. As in, I've got them all saved and everything. <laughs> Just, yeah. But um, on the very last episode that they did on NBC before they went on... Was it Hulu? No, did it... Yahoo, Yahoo, that's already dead. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so they did um, on season four, the last one on NBC, and at the end of it, they did a little skit about um, all the new shows coming to NBC this fall. (laughs) They were all like really shit, like Mummy Detective (laughs) and Try and Watch Wheelchair, (laughs) really crap shit. And then, like one year later, I'm just thinking, Jesus Christ, these shows could actually have been in that skit. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> like whatever that bad judge crap was. <laughs> just, she's a she's a mum, but she's also a lawyer. <laughs> oh my god, just, <laughs> this so, year doesn't look much we've, better. Uh, we branched out a little bit from Raw here. I don't know how that yeah, happened. Just learn but... a little bit more about our interests. <laughs> <laughs> we we haven't even talked about the first match or the first segment. We went straight to the cruiserweights. <laughs> It's a freestyle, man. <laughs> just being more relaxed. So, I mean, the opening segment, to be fair, was the same one we've seen basically every week. It's mm. Mick and Stephanie arguing and berating everyone and fucking uh, over Kevin Mick. Owens because that's Mick Foley's new favorite pastime. And when the show starts for me at 1 a.m., that really keeps me awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every week. I can imagine. <laughs> I just don't know. I will say um, Seth Rollins versus Rusev was fun for what it was. It was. I don't know why they just didn't start off the show with that. Yeah. As in, get it off with a bang. 
It's what SmackDown does. They just get on with it. Well, it, <laughs> it was something about like timing it for Monday Night Football. Oh, was it? Oh, but, okay. No, no, no. That okay, if, if you're saying, like, why do they have a talky bit at all and why not just have a match? Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> Although, to be fair, well, this week's of, SmackDown yeah. was a talky bit. It was the contract signing. Well, it was. But it wasn't just them. Like, they'd come out on, on Monday Night Raw. They'll come out and then they introduce the entire show and they give, like, they'll do the reason for the matches there. And I think, well, if you do what SmackDown did and you do it before the bleeding thing and we're going to have to sit there for 20 minutes with you technically just running round down the card it doesn't make any sense or to me don't announce anything yeah. like Daniel Bryan just comes out and he's like hey oh, yeah. we're going to have we're going to have a contract signing like, just do that and then they do it tune in see <laughs> yeah. what fucking happens <laughs> instead of going this is going to happen and this is going to happen <laughs> Roman Reigns comes out gets booed <laughs> so, or, yeah. or even better is when they don't have any idea but the authority figures just come to talk and then like people interrupt and they're like hey you're on the show. We'll put you in a match. Like, what do you do the other six days a week? Why am I supposed to believe that you're an actual fucking employee when, like, you're winging your one responsibility a week to actually book the fucking show? You're like, you have no idea what's going to happen until someone interrupted you? So stupid. <laughs> oh, that's such a logic flaw that I hadn't even... <laughs> but yeah, the match, uh, the first match was fun for what it was. I don't fully understand how it's a punishment to have Seth Rollins versus Rusev. I don't know how that punished either, man. They just had a brawl. It was fun. And it did make me laugh how they're talking about Rollins jumping off the really high stage. And yeah. It, it's it's like two feet. Six <laughs> <laughs> like, Rusev's like, what, six foot? And he was like only one foot above him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, no. Like, we've seen him He's jump off crazy high, shit. That was not crazy shit. Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> the part that really annoyed nice that me, was... though, was the fact that they just yeah. like, for the end of it, they just walked up the ramp, basically. Like, occasionally lightly <laughs> yeah. punching one another. Like, oh my god, it was a double count out. It's like, no, they kind of just gave up on the match. They're like, fuck this shit, we're walking out. <laughs> There's no point in it, and the win wouldn't get us anything. So, yeah, why not, yeah. I don't know if you could call it a prelude to what happened in the main event. Where he jumps off the top of the cage. I guess I think it was. Well, if he does it earlier, it seems more in character. Something like that. Yeah, how is that Maybe not when much- Roman interrupts? Like, that would have been a perfect time to have Roman come out and maybe actually get a face pop to actually, like, save Seth against Rusev. That would have been a perfect time. And then instead, like, that's... He pulled a John Cena. It's like the one time someone could have actually used him, he doesn't fucking show up. But then everyone saves his ass all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, it's the John Cena thing, isn't it? To uh, let the person in the ring get beaten up. And then when they're down and out, that's when you come out and get the heroic uh, pop from the crowd. Yeah, like when Roman speared him two weeks ago. Except nobody cheered him, because fuck Roman. It's like Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania, the shit one outside, where it was the Roman theme. And at the end of it, Hulk Hogan... It was Bret Hart versus Yokozuna, and then Yokozuna cheats to win and stuff, and then Hulk Hogan comes out and goes, I'm going to take the title from you. Oh it doesn't God. do anything for Bret Hart. It's like the <laughs> ultimate dick move. <laughs> and speaking Takes of Cena, like, Cena's way different all of a sudden. Cena's like old man yeah. Cena on SmackDown. It was awesome. He had like a five-minute match with Dean. He looked like he was fucking out of it at the end of it. <laughs> Like, you got um, rolled up yeah. for a loss. Like, that's probably the first time that's ever happened in Cena's career, number one. And number two, he's, like, panting like he just ran a marathon. It was, like, a five-minute match <laughs> that wasn't even particularly hard-hitting. Uh, um, it was on somewhere, I can't remember where it was, where the stat is. That is the first time John Cena's lost on television for about seven years. That can't be right. He that's lost to right, Dean, like, it? three years ago. Two years ago, and on that he... contract on a pole match. <laughs> 
And do you remember CM Punk versus John Cena when he cashed in Money in the Bank? That was on TV. On like WrestleMania 1000. That was on TV, wasn't it? Money in the Bank. I thought that was on... Money in the Bank. 2012? 2011? WrestleMania... uh, Not WrestleMania. I meant Raw 1000. Something like that, I think. (laughs) Because then The Rock comes out and then CM Punk hits The Rock and the crowd crowd cheers. Did that match go to decision? Or was there just interference? Oh, that's a point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, god damn it! Either way, that is point. not the last time that Cena lost a match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roman, on the other hand, just doesn't lose one-on-one matches on TV. Like when he lost uh, to Finn, I think that was the first time he'd lost in like four years. Yeah, it'd been a while. Yeah. Cleanly, he's anyway. gonna make Roman strong, bro. He's gonna look strong. Gonna look strong. How's that working out, guys? Four years of Roman looking strong. Not over, nobody gives a shit. And then Mick Foley has the line of, I don't get how the crowd can boo Roman Reigns. Oh my god. <laughs> it's, just, it's, like, it's, like, it's not the wrestler, he's a very good wrestler now, I think. Yeah. It's the character. It's not yeah, It's not him, it's his character. So when we say Roman Reigns suck, I'm not saying, oh, I forgot his real name. I know, I know I, uh, I don't know how you say it. Samoan, uh, and <laughs> I know, uh, I'm so English. I think it's a no <laughs> Anoa'i. 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 No, I feel There's like little stutters in Samoan names. I think it's Anoa'i. I'm just too white. But anyway. I'm way too white. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's not him that I hate. Well, hate's a strong word. It's not... (laughs) Yeah, it's not him I have a fault with. It's the character. The character doesn't make any sense. Mostly because of the whole build-up with Triple H where he had every single character trope under the sun. (laughs) Where he was... What was he? A badass, but he's also looking out for his family. He's out for revenge. And he's an underdog. <laughs> like, I also what? don't know if he's a very good wrestler. Like, I think there's a difference between wrestlers like The Rock and wrestlers like Bret Hart. Like, oh, he if your awesome argument player. is that he's a good wrestler like Bret Hart, absolutely fucking not. He is not a technician <laughs> in any way. Mm. If your argument is that he's a good wrestler like The Rock, where he hits some power moves and he's got some signature spots and you know he gets the crowd mm. into the match, then yeah, he's a good wrestler in that way. But that's a fair point, actually. Yeah. But people yeah, don't talk uh, about The Rock like an all-time great wrestler. He's an all-time great character. And entertainer. Yeah. Which is kind of what the whole point is. Roman Reigns has got a hell of a lot better at the entertainment side. His matches are, are now fun to watch. Like The Rock. He wouldn't call them technical masterpieces, <laughs> but he wouldn't say they were boring as shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's positive. And, and to be I'm fair to Roman, I did kind of like his uh, his promo segment with Mick earlier. I loved when Mick is like, why wouldn't you believe Stephanie? She's been very honest about her dislike from you from day one. <laughs> Great line. But like, yeah. Stephanie said something to him or other, and he's like, oh, thanks, Steph. That, that really means a lot to me. I appreciate it. It's just very sincere and sarcastic at the same time. So that was well done. <laughs> you know, just more segments like that where he used to be a little snarky smartass. That's all we asked for. <laughs> A little snark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I'm just... I don't get... Well, especially with all the story, compared to... I've, I've started like five sentences there. I'll pick one now. <laughs> it, compared to on SmackDown, where you've got uh, the whole Daniel Bryan thing with The Miz, and they got Dolph Ziggler challenging for the title. That's their... Their mid-card titles feels so damn important that it feels a bit weird to call it mid-card. Compared to Raw, where, yes, you've got Roman Reigns, who's technically the big badass fighting for it but I don't really care there's not really much of a story other than the story before SummerSlam and that was a bit iffy at first anyway now Rusev is back and he's attacked him for what happened at SummerSlam that's it as far as I can tell nothing else has moved on 
Well, first of all, The Miz has actually won a bunch of matches since SmackDown started, whereas Rusev has won fucking nothing since he won the title. And second, Daniel Bryan is making Miz like a huge star right now. Every time he interacts with Daniel Bryan, he looks like a bigger and bigger star, whereas every time Rusev interacts with anyone, he just looks like an idiot who's yelling at people for no reason. And that's not (laughs) Rusev's fault. Rusev is awesome. His delivery is really good. He has a cool character. He's a badass in the ring. It's just... They don't use him correctly. It's so bad. They've never used him correctly. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, speaking of using people incorrectly, what do you think of Sheamus versus Cesaro number eight? I think it is at this point. Obviously, <laughs> We're not on counting. Match eight of a best of seven. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't really care. I, I think I'm my... so done with this. I, I do love that Mick Foley, after the match, is like, yes, yes, I, I believe that. Match number seven should take place at Clash of Champions. Yes, that would be a great idea. Like, this wasn't planned two months in advance. Like, oh, I can't believe the timing worked out where they had their last match before match seven, a week before the fucking pay-per-view. Oh, what a genius I am. I've just sat there like, no shit. (laughs) Of course he is. So stupid. Like, I love Mick. Mick is awesome. His delivery is great still. But his character has been a fucking idiot. Since he came to, to Raw, he's just, he's so stupid. He makes so many bad decisions, so many inco- inconsistent, like, character traits. Uh, he's so frustrating right now. His, his, like, I, we didn't talk about it right here, because I talked about it in my column in the last week, but, like, his just raw hatred of Kevin Owens and the way he fucks him over time and time again is insane. He's the face. You, like, even when you have a face authority figure against a heel, like, the face authority figure doesn't fuck the heel over so bad. He just kind of makes his life a little more difficult. But he's like, oh, Kevin Owens won a match. Yeah, let's restart it even though he got beat down. Oh, Kevin Owens won that much too? Let's put him in the fucking cage match a week before his, his title defense. Whereas his opponent gets to just walk out of a match. Where's your restart the match now, Mick? <laughs> yeah. Right, we'll end talking about Raw in this clustered kind of way with SmackDown interjected <laughs> and random shit thrown we in about match? Penn and Teller. Match? <laughs> we talked about Penn and Teller at some point. The women. <laughs> That's just gone off topic. Don't, don't leave the women the out. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the women, then we'll talk about the amazing Chris <laughs> Jericho. <laughs> End on an up. <laughs> yeah. The women, I, I think it's just their thinking of how to get Charlotte and Sasha to still stay strong and then kind of add to Bailey's character of being the underdog is have Bailey in the match so she can take the pin. That's what I'm thinking. Otherwise I don't get it because oh. Bailey's not meant to be getting these opportunities. I mean she just she's took the to pin be now. Failing with. Oh yeah, she took the pin and then both shoulders were down. She so technically she took two pins because she got pinned by Sasha realistically the first time. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to have her get pinned three weeks in a row? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's going to be the underdog. (laughs) Yeah, for Bailey to work, she needs to lose. Because that's the whole point. She loses, and then she overcomes it. But she can't do that if she doesn't lose. I agree. She wouldn't have anything to overcome. It's just... (laughs) So it makes sense for for this. It's hard to execute that when you've already put her in a title match. Like, at that point, you've kind of thrown that underdog story out. Yeah. And and you had her beat Charlotte in the first week. (laughs) <laughs> that was the that's the one that's thrown it out oh, of water. Like you can't even execute your underdog story, right? And NXT already told you how to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's the other thing about Raw. They still feel a bit old WWE with the new one mixed in. Like they've got like this week had way more character development than let's say two weeks ago, which is great. But it still it still feels quite sluggish and difficult to get through. And there's still really weird booking decisions. Whilst I can't say the same for SmackDown. They've got a plan and they've stuck with it. Like they choose a character arc and a story, and then they tell the story. Compared to on Raw, 
where they come up with the match and then try and form a story to fit into it. So they're forcing it in, and it just it was like trying to come up with logic to fit your end where it doesn't make any sense. We do that in this country all the time. End. You guys just need to get better <laughs> at it. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it doesn't really make any sense some of the stuff anymore. So but kind of kind of good. speaking of that point yeah. and of our last point, I think at this mm. point. Uh, the belt just needs to go on Roman, the U.S. title. Not the real title, but oh. the U.S. title. And <laughs> yeah. have him defend it every week like Cena. Like, that was the only time the U.S. title has felt important since Cena held it on SmackDown 10 years ago. It would get Roman over. You know, you'd at least respect him for defending the belt every week. It would make the belt seem like a bigger deal. You know, it would help everyone. And really, at this point, Rusev's just so fucked. Like, you got to get the belt off him before they both become even more toxic. So, that's I think that's what needs to happen. And, I mean... Rusev's pretty clearly going to lose at Clash of Champions, so hopefully they just have him defend it every week like Cena did, and you know maybe maybe it helps everyone. The title on Charlotte, I mean, she wasn't supposed to win the title back so quickly. You can't imagine, right? Like you can't put the belt on Sasha and then have her lose it three weeks later as the plan, not as the long term plan. So does Sasha win it back at Clash of Champions, and they just like continue no. what they were trying to do? No, you, you leave it on Charlotte. You're going for, unless you go for a Sasha kind of turn, which is stupid because then you've got one face in the entire division, <laughs> which is a bit odd. She's playing kind of anti-hero right now. She she's like she's a face against Sasha, but or against Charlotte, but she's kind of snarky with Bailey still. Yeah, like she's more like her NXT character when she's in the ring with Bailey. Yeah, because I I don't know if they could have her do something to Bailey in the match. So Charlotte's not involved with the pin. But Sasha becomes champion by being a bit heelish on Bailey. But that would still feel a bit stupid because Charlotte's just won the bleeding thing. <laughs> she only just got it back. And my thinking is they're going to build Bailey up to a big match at WrestleMania would be the logical one. But I don't know how you're going to do that at this stage. It's just it feels really odd. Like they're going with the big match, but not really thinking about any logical storyline around it or what's coming off of it. That's just my impression of it. The match will be good. <laughs> so that's not. That's, I can't really moan about that. I don't really have any doubt about that. The whole pay per view should be pretty entertaining. But it's just the actual logic and storyline is still just a mess. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, you expect the match to be good, and it will be good, depending on how much time they get and who their booker is. But I feel like we've been watching basically this combination for a long time now, even though Bailey was just interjected. <laughs> I mean, she was in the pay-per-view two pay-per-views ago, right? Was it SummerSlam when she was the mystery partner? So, I mean, we've yes, kind of seen this combination for quite a while already. But that's what happens when you don't have any other women on the roster. Sorry, Summer, but <laughs> apparently you don't count. <laughs> like interject someone really someone anyone <laughs> because uh, Smackdown have literally used everyone on their roster apart from interestingly enough Eva Marie's suspension is over yet there's no Eva Marie all black everything <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it's a bit odd maybe they are completely redoing her or they realise she shouldn't have been called up so we'll see her on NXT at some point I've not read the spoilers for NXT so I can't really comment on that I'm not uh, going to I liked yeah I haven't seen liked, this yeah. The spoilers, like for the filming, but I did see what they're doing with Eric Young. Did you? Oh yes, I did. So he's um, part of that he's... sanity, that yes, sanity is, yeah. weird promos that don't make any fucking sense. Kind of cool. <laughs> like it's their version of the decay, yeah. which is like the only thing that's kind of piqued my interest in TNA in a while because they're just creepy as <laughs> yeah. fuck. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, mean, they're going to be like a less creepy, that. less face painty version. <laughs> Did you hear during it was one of the jobber matches? I can't remember which one, but the crowd started chanting, delete, delete, yeah. delete. <laughs> and they're cheering for the jobber. It's, like, it's so odd to hear a TNA chant over with the WWE crowd. I'm pretty <laughs> sure just... they did it at Roman, too, a couple weeks ago. 
Yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> like, the last time I heard something like that was... Oh, it was really bad. Where they had, like, the... I don't know her name. They got two people to impersonate, like, two political figures. Oh, and God. it was shit. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, it was a match. I'm talking, like, 2006, 2007. And they had a match, and we like, roll between these two people pretending to be politicians. Was it, like, and Hillary and Obama? Because I'm pretty oh, sure they made that. fun of them. <laughs> Is it someone called Rosie? Like, Rosie O. Donald? Is that, is that someone? Oh. That I figure? Mean, I mean, that's a person. My, yes. Wait a minute. Was uh, Rosie O'Donnell and Donald Trump? I think. Because oh, they had some form of spat, if I'm right. Yeah, I've got it. <laughs> yes. WWE. Highbrow <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> it was so bad, the crowd chanted TNA really loudly. <laughs> the entire thing. <laughs> TNA was in its, I want to say, when, when the X Division was what the Cruiserweight is looking at, like it might be. So it was really exciting to watch and people were really liking that. So it's a bit different. Like Samoa Joe's the main event. It's like, yeah, I'm fine with that. Spe- <laughs> Speaking of rumors and TNA though, TNA maybe being sold to WWE. What do you think about that? I mean, how would you, how would you oh, feel uh, if you were <laughs> Cody Rhodes or Damian Sandow who just jumped <laughs> ship because you were being underutilized <laughs> and then have your new company purchased by WWE? You're like, fuck, <laughs> I just signed this contract. <laughs> I reckon if WWE buys it, it'll. Well, from what I've heard, it's only if there's no other solid offers and there's nothing there. It's probably just to buy the library too, right? Like they're not going to actually keep be, yeah. the show. They just want the video no, library. No. Yeah, it'll be like WCW. It'll just die. Yeah, which is sad in a way because they're the only other one on television. Oh. Are Ring of Honor on television? I don't really. Yeah, I mean, kind of. They're. Like, I think they're on a really tiny network, and then Lucha. Because I think I've got it right. Uh, it was New Japan, Ring of Honor, and AAA. It could have been CML, but I'm not sure. Cause if it is AAA, that means Lucha Underground is also in uh, cohorts with Ring of Honor and New Japan. However, the broadcasting company that owns Ring of Honor has also put in an offer, which means TNA. Every it means all the biggest companies outside of the WWE are all joining together under one roof, which I way prefer. <laughs> it creates some really awesome joint universe in a way. Wasn't that supposed to be Jeff and Jarrett's thing? <laughs> essentially, what's happened is <laughs> Jeff Jarrett tried to do something, turns out with some form of weird pyramid scheme type thing and it immediately just dies. And then the ever and then everyone's just gone, actually that's a really good idea <laughs> and then just joined up. So they've accidentally created the NWA again. I think that's just <laughs> known as Jeff Jarrett doing anything. Like Jeff Jarrett <laughs> having any titles, that's always a pyramid scheme. <laughs> So, yeah, that like was on top of TNA for what? How many years? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, all it, that to me feels like an amazing step to have WWE be on top, and then you've got all these other promotions working together to make themselves better. Because Ring of Honor has become really good since New Japan. I say really good. There's still stuff about it I don't like, but it's become so much better. The production's gone way up. It's no longer really dark rooms or the. Or like the gym halls that are hardly lit and stuff like that, yeah. so it's hard to watch. Yeah, you see that cross pollination; it's very cool. I don't, I don't watch any of the matches really. I just see little clips of it. But you know, when like TNA guys show up on ROH and New Japan guys go over to Ring of Honor, like it's very cool yeah. to see. Yeah. So Ring of Honor and uh, New Japan have had their relationship for quite a long time now. So they've had a tra- like a t- uh, t- uh, what's it called? A trade. There we go. <laughs> They're having a trade between each other for quite a long time, and they're established between each other's rosters. Uh, AAA from writers just signed a few months ago, so they're still working their way in. If TNA also joined it, 
<laughs> just yes, and uh, maybe I'm thinking of the prospect of like all the big Japan stars coming over to a big company, bigger company in WWE in America. But the real question becomes: Can TNA survive financially with? Not just with a partnership, they need outside investment. You know, yeah. Billy, Billy Corgan's a rich musician, but he's not rich like I can just put a, a wrestling company in my in my bank account and just <laughs> yeah. let him he's free roll Turner. forever. Yeah. yeah, he's not Dixie Carter and her rich daddy. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah, if I had to choose between the Ring of Honor owners whose names have just gone out of my head, I can't remember who it is. Or WWE, I'd prefer if it was the Ring of Honor guys, because, just because of the thought of accidentally what Jeff Jarrett was talking about does actually happen. Because <laughs> they would be quite good to have them all joined together. Well, I mean, if ROH buys yeah, TNA, you got to imagine they're buying them for their time slot. Like they'll combine the oh, shows, but they're going to take that time slot. That'd be. And then you get Ring of Honor on yeah. you know a, a real network with you know. <laughs> Can't thought of that. Yeah. A bunch of extra stars. That's that's a very cool idea. But do they have the money to do that? Like, how much money does Ring of Honor realistically make? With the New Japan, they're doing really good business, but I don't know if it's that good business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Because the New Japan guys are legitimate draws when they come over here. Like, people are damn excited to see them. So it's kind of interesting. And I don't really know. NXT yeah. just stole Roderick Strong, I think? I mean, that's a yeah, name. They... I don't know who he is, but I've heard the name like a million times. <laughs> He's a guy who's been around for like over a decade. <laughs> he's like one of the... When you think Ring of Honor, you, you think Cedric, Roderick Strong. When you think like an indie guy who's really good in the ring but isn't great on the mic, Roderick Strong. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he kind of epitomizes what a lot of the indie scene is like, but he's got better now with his character over the last few years. So I'm pretty certain that's what they've seen in him. And Ring of Honor, he's not been on it in a while. Like a couple of months now, so it's been rumored that he is going. Like he's finishing up his indie route, and then he's gonna go to yep. WWE. Not a rumor anymore. Yeah, just a solid wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> so it's another good addition to a already pretty damn good roster that so, just got raided. But so it's now... <laughs> last piece of Raw: Chris Jericho Chris and his magical dead. list. <laughs> the list of Jericho. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so amazing. Go ahead, talk about yeah. the list of Jericho. Well, the the segment I'm most looking forward to off the back of this is because the original point was Chris Jericho is going to make a list of all the wrong things Mick Foley's doing to Kevin Owens <laughs> and he's going to show it to him and he's going to hate it and then I'm looking forward to maybe even that Clash of Champions when Kevin Owens asks to see the list and he just sees every single grievance Chris Jericho's put down and none of them are to do with Mick Foley <laughs> it's like really random shit like the guy <laughs> looks at me horrible in, in row 7 of the crowd <laughs> so like, good yeah. Kevin Owens is asking like what is this? We need stuff on Mick Foley. What are you? What have you been doing? <laughs> yeah, but that guy with the braces in the front row. Yeah, you're on the list. <laughs> Screw you. That was, oh, that was my favorite part. Every week, <laughs> Just... Jericho is one of the best, if not the best, part of Raw, and he's barely even wrestling at this point. He's just so goddamn entertaining. Yeah. It's like when The Rock comes back, <laughs> except less lame. Where he's like, ah, less catch race I, I, I want to come back with a flamethrower and call Lana a whore. And Jericho's like, I'm going to do something really funny with these underutilized guys and make fun of the crowd instead. Like, Jericho's just the best version of the part-timer. <laughs> yeah, because Steve Austin was saying that he thought The Rock isn't as in touch with the wrestling world as he thought he was after what he's done the last few times, compared to Chris Jericho, so who obviously just gets it. He gets it. <laughs> yeah. like the ones he's got over think of what he's actually got over <laughs> it's just insane <laughs> like, someone get the word it over with the crowd that's impressive 
<laughs> Plus, as soon as he said the list of Jericho, I thought, this is amazing. It's just, it's, this is just t just Arm bar! <laughs> oh, and he comes back from adverts. And he's like, arm bar! <laughs> Uh, so I, like, I, well, I thought they were going to replicate it at some point. Like he starts his list, and then we go to adverts, and he's back, and he's still doing his list and shouting people in the audience. So he kind of like, did. Yes. You can't get that dot matrix yeah. paper anymore. Is the problem? Oh yeah, yeah, they're really long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a point. <laughs> he had to do his clipboard instead. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, you can't roll it up <laughs> like it's a big scroll or something. He's <laughs> slowly reading through it. <laughs> yeah. So raw overall, oh. what do you think? Oh, it's getting better, but it's still not as good as SmackDown. It's my thinking. I mean, the cruiserweights Even just if... inserting twenty minutes of actual wrestling mm. entertainment into the show helps a lot. Yeah, I thought they were just at the wrong point in the show, like because the problem was he had two big matches at the end of the show, but he still had the rest of the show to get through, and that it just it slagged like it has done for the past few weeks. Like, I personally thought maybe it is nicking it from WCW, but you have it at the end of the first hour where fans are still invested and they're at that point whether they're deciding to continue or not. Yeah. And then out come the cruiserweights. People are like, oh, the cruiserweights. Yeah, I'll stick around for this. Especially when the There's second hour just sucks so bad, usually. Like, just yeah. take 45 minutes of that and just do, like, two cruiserweight matches in a couple of segments. Yeah, then done. They won't ever do that. <laughs> but it'd be <laughs> nope. nice. <laughs> it would be nice. But I've seen it floated around that maybe they should push Raw back to two hours and have cruiserweights entirely do the first hour. Yeah, the like, problem is, number one, no. they have a contract with USA Network probably for three hours until 2019 from what I've seen. So yeah. that's yeah. not going to happen anytime soon. And then number two, you're asking a company nope. to give away money, basically. Like, they'd rather put on a shitty product and make money than, you know, put on a slightly better product and make, you know, 33% less. That's just never going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah. I've just seen a comment on Laws of Pain saying, Naomi's entrance greater than this episode of Raw. Absolutely <laughs> like, true. Yeah, so, yeah her, her entrance is so good. <laughs> it's <laughs> pretty spectacular. And then, like, she's not coming out in the same outfit. Like, this time she came out in fur, yeah, like, that the popped. She got a little promo that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, her, her entrance has mm. just, like, changed her character. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> oh, there's one thing we're not... Uh, oh, no, we can quickly jump to SmackDown after we finish talking about Raw. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, there's more to was, There's one more thing I want to bring up. Oh, we've pretty much done with Raw, haven't we? We don't need to do a like a, a synopsis of <laughs> the entire thing. But, yeah, well, one last thing. It was the tag team match, uh, American Alpha versus the Usos, with your little comment that you emailed me. <laughs> like, Why do they look like the Mexicals? That's SmackDown. <laughs> with it. Yeah, SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think it goes on about more? Yeah. Like, no. They're yeah, they're dressing like the Mexicals, and really, even like they're last good. week or at Backlash yeah. when they came out yeah. in like their black plastic bag, garbage bag shorts and whatnot. <laughs> like, they're especially yeah, when they came out this week, they look like they're dressing like Mexican gangsters. What are you doing? <laughs> like heels now. Yeah, I get that you're quote unquote <laughs> bad guys all of a sudden, even though like when they're talking shit to to Rhino and Heath Slater, like they're <laughs> smiling the whole time. But like, who makes that decision to just dress like a villain all of a sudden? I've always thought it's really mean to make your vestments cut a pretty long promo just after they finish the match. Because <laughs> looking at the Usos, they're just going. <gasps> I like it. Did you watch Talking <laughs> Smack? No, I did not. So I have never watched Talking Smack, but I try to catch the clips afterward. Ambrose was on mm. it right after his match, and he's like, oh, "I just got out of there. I'm still, I'm still panting from the match." And he delivered some fucking awesome <laughs> promos. Oh, I might check it out then. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah. Daniel Bryan was like laughing half the time. 
And he's talking about, like, uh, Cena basically said, you have no balls, and Dean reiterated, he's like, well, I think he's a lazy fucking part-timer. And I beat him. Like, who is he to talk smack about me? I just beat him in the ring. So he can shut up. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the point with the tag team match was, um, it was something that uh, David Otunga, his story about being on a movie set, um, an Adam Sandler movie set, nonetheless, <laughs> and, he meet, and he bumps into Rikishi, <laughs> and Rikishi <laughs> explains to him why the Usos started acting how they are and then we never heard the end of that story <laughs> <laughs> he's waiting for next week <laughs> he tried to he started that like three different occasions and he never got to finish it have you ever tried to get well, a word in edgewise with JBL ah oh, fair point <laughs> but he just made me just made me think wait a minute this story is so random <laughs> what First of all, why is David Otunga on the set of an Adam Sandler movie? Second, why is Rikishi on the set? <laughs> His wife is a movie. movie star. But why is Rikishi there as well? It's such a random bumping in. <laughs> as in, what is this movie? <laughs> it's so random. <laughs> but yeah, it was the fact it was such an intriguing story, which feels so random, and then he never got to finish it. <laughs> I was just thinking, what's this story, David Otunga? <laughs> it's like, yeah. That, yeah, um, I know I'm meant to be caring about American Alpha and the Usos being all evil and stuff, but that, that was the only thing I came out of that match thinking. I, <laughs> like, I really liked the end story. of the match. I liked that they played up on, Ga- on uh, Gable's injury and Gable couldn't tag in, and Jordan made like the executive decision to not tag him in. And then, yeah, of course, really he gets targeted thing. and you know gets dropped by the double super kick. I love that ending of the match. It was really well done, <laughs> super well booked. It was an NXT ending. <laughs> Which is like the best praise you can yeah. give WWE right now. Like it, I haven't seen a storyline reason for the tag not being made in quite a long time. Yeah, and American Apple do that. They incorporate story into the matches so well, and that's how they garner all that uh, care for when the tag's made. Yeah, they're, they're great. Which I mean, not yeah. not to get too uh, too much in the sausage factory, but how much of that is the wrestlers versus the Booker? Like, so every match mm. has a Booker, a road agent who like goes through the the process of the match. Here's where this spot's going to happen. Here's how it's going to end, and then they work with the, the the people in the match to to come up with kind of the story and the flow. And how much of that is the actual wrestlers, and how much of that is the agent? You know, part of that's the veterancy of the wrestler. Like the more veteran you are, the more leeway you're going to have to build your own matches. Like nobody's telling John Cena how to build a match because you know he's loudly yelling it to to his opponent in the match the whole time. Just go watch uh, Botchamania if you don't if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but like American Alpha is relatively fresh, so I'd imagine it's just their bookers putting together most of their matches. But like SmackDown's bookers, I don't know if they're different than Raw's or not. But like their matches are just better put together, and that match was a perfect example. Yeah, I don't quite because my brain's telling me it's still Vince, therefore it shouldn't be too different. But then they're so different, I don't quite get it. It's like, is it actually? the same guy running both shows when they feel so yeah so one is making so many mistakes and one isn't (laughs) so there's two parts to that right like vince isn't a booker vince isn't uh putting or a road agent he's not putting the matches together he's just putting the story together so like the story is the usos injured gable and then american alpha comes back and the usos injure him again like that's the story that's what vince and his team come up with and the road agents are like how are we going to actually project this onto the television how are we going to actually tell the story in the ring vince has nothing to do with that um but then yeah i've also heard that same thing that oh it's actually the same writing team and vince is still in charge and wahaha it's like there's no fucking way like either vince is not paying attention to smackdown or he's paying too much attention to raw but one way or the other like something is very different about the two shows 
Oh shit, sorry. I was <laughs> just on um, Lords of Pain looking through the comments and uh, someone's asked the question where was the last time John Cena was pinned on Raw or Smackdown? We've got some genuine answers here. Hey! Uh, the last time John Cena was pinned on television was on Raw uh, March 30th, 2009 against The Big Show. And the first time it's happened on SmackDown in 10 years. Keeping in mind, he wasn't on SmackDown for about six years. <laughs> so, yeah. That so, still seems yeah, off, though. Six years? Seven years? That's quite a long time. Mm. 2009, that's, my head tells years. me that that's not as long as I think it is. <laughs> it's longer ago than I think it is. <laughs> but also, they're saying last pinned. They're not saying last loss. So, you know. <laughs> if, if he mm. ate, like, a disqualification injury, I mean, he never submits. So maybe it's a little less... Uh, mm. Or like someone escapes a cage against him. Hmm. Or like Dean Ambrose beat him in that match to get the contract, but he beat him by hitting him with 30 deeds and then climbing up the apron and grabbing the contract. He didn't pin Cena. Yeah, that's a point, yeah. It's it's not as definitive a statement, but, I mean, it's impressive (laughs) to not lose a match in seven years. Must be nice. (laughs) Yeah, he must be a happy guy. (laughs) The the kids come to see Cena win. (laughs) Yeah, then they come in with the armbands and things like, yeah, but do... Well, the kids coming in now, John Cena's more the veteran-y kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, when I still ask the kids at schools I teach, like, who's your favourite wrestler, they still say John Cena. Yeah. They're not saying Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... I think they're more likely to say AJ. Like, AJ's so over with kids. Like, he's very flashy. <laughs> he wears, like, athletic gear. He's hilarious. <laughs> like, I think AJ's, like, the number two though. product mover for the men in WWE. Already, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the New Day are pretty... They exploded. We were actually at FYE this weekend and saw the boxes of Budios there, and they were like 18 bucks. 18? Jesus (laughs) And it's basically just like Lucky Charms with the New Day on the front. Is it because it's a WWE product? They just (laughs) pump up the price. (laughs) Yep. And I still almost got it just to put the box on the wall. (laughs) We want to move on to some actual SmackDown matches. Yeah, uh, Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz. We've talked about The Miz already, but we didn't really touch on the match. So I thought it was, it was again, way better than any of the other matches pre-Backlash, I think, have been. It was really good. They incorporated the story really well. Everything made sense. It, oh, I don't use a bit of an arsey term, but it cascaded well. <laughs> like when it came to the finish with the uh, spray onto Dolph Ziggler's face. Mm-hmm. It was just the perfect time to do it. Especially with them beating up Miz on the outside. <laughs> and then it makes sense. You can figure it out in your own head. Again... It's subtlety that they just don't do. So Miz gets... You could think, oh, Miz got the spray from when he was chucked into the steps from where Maurice was standing for most of the match. It makes sense that he could then pick up the thing, pick up the spray and get it in his face. Oh, what good logic. But they didn't tell you any of that. They just you just did it. I didn't even see him like, get oh. the spray. It was super cool when he when he busted out. I'm like, mm. oh, holy shit. He grabbed that when he was outside. <laughs> and then, like, throwing the belt yeah. so the ref would go get it. And then just, you know, that's the distraction. Like... Again, super well booked. Whoever like put that match mm. together, awesome work. <laughs> yeah, the match itself awesome. wasn't quite as good as the Backlash match. There's a, a oh, yeah, I think definitely. a few too many like Miz kicking out of finishers like he's fucking Superman. But uh, the match <laughs> itself was like as good as anything else they've ever done other than Backlash. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I mean, we'll say um, this is another time that Ziggler's lost a, ma- a title match, and you know he can complain about you know he got screwed, he got interfered with. But, I mean, at some point you got to win matches or else the crowd will stop caring. And, like, they made a story of it, and that's cool. But, you know, it still doesn't really mitigate the fact that he keeps fucking losing. Like, we just want him to win. Just let him win a title. Like, um, someone's commented on Lords of Pain saying, Dolph Ziggler needs another finisher. 
this finisher doesn't finish anyone. <laughs> no someone shit. replied. <laughs> someone replied to that saying, Dolph's finisher is being pinned. <laughs> That's what ends matches for Dolph Ziggler when Ziggler gets pinned. Also, hashtag bring back the worm. The problem <laughs> is he know. lost his finisher like four years ago. His finisher was AJ. Yeah. Wah wah. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. And Dolph Ziggler's He had he had it was that point, wasn't it, where he was he had the money in the back bank contract. He was with AJ. Big E kind of enlarged the stable, which was kind of... This is 510 Diesel. <laughs> and it was... Oh, um, you know the story about the Titty Master with Dean Ambrose? Well, uh, you're going to have to make your question a little more specific. I, I, <laughs> I know that they call him that. <laughs> so he turned up to a t- like a TV... Not a TV, like a live show. And he's got a Titty Master on his, uh, on his white tape. Right. So people, and someone took a picture of it from the crowd. They weren't yeah. expecting that to actually happen, but someone with like eagle eyes and someone else spotted <laughs> it. <laughs> so that's now all on the internet, and everyone knows it was the Titty Matter thing. Apparently, this is according to Roman Reigns. Apparently, the nickname came from the European tour where Dean Ambrose was having matches every night with Biggie Langston. <laughs> so he was, and he was beating him. And the joke was that he was the master. Of Biggie's titties. <laughs> so that's why, that's I mean, yeah, family. absolutely. Biggie has the best rack in WWE. They are glorious. Yeah, There's a that. reason he has to keep the suspenders over them. It's not PG if he takes them off. Take that, Nikki, with all the money you've spent on yours. <laughs> Biggie's still got your feet. But yeah, back to Dolph Ziggler versus the Miz. I've <laughs> gone off topic a bit. But yeah, that was. It was a way better match than I thought it was going to be again. And it made The Miz feel more important every single yep. week. Like you were saying, with every time he's in a segment with Daniel Bryan, Miz feels more and more important, and he feels like he should be higher and higher up the card, which in turn adds more and more prestige to the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Something Raw has just not done. Compare the IC <laughs> so, title to the yeah. US title. It's a goddamn bloodbath, and it just demonstrates yeah. the difference and why I think SmackDown has been so much better than Raw. They've taken the mid-card title, the IC title, which was basically nothing before the brand split, and they've made it a big deal, and they made Miz a big deal out of it. And Raw has taken Rusev, who was their only champion for like four weeks, five weeks, turned him into nothing, turned that title into nothing. <laughs> they're just they're making nothing out of a lot of good, good parts, and SmackDown is making great things out of, you know, decent parts. <laughs> yes. Well, that, that tells you that it's all about the writing and the backstage putting together of the show. It can't be the same writers. Themselves. It can't be. <laughs> is, is, yeah, is Vince just not a Monday guy? Like, he just hates Mondays, <laughs> and then he's, like, way more cheery on Tuesdays or something? It, yeah, it just feels... They're so different. And one is making mistakes which the other one isn't making. So yeah. they can't be being run by the same guy. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's... It, my brain's telling me it would be nice if Shane is con creative for one, and Stephanie's on creative for the other, and that would explain a bit of it. But, but there's no way Shane's on creative for starters. No, because he's he's not he's paid as a performer, isn't he? He's not yeah. actually been properly bought back. Yep. So yeah, but plus he wasn't even on Raw this week, <laughs> so there is that as well. He's, on he's SmackDown, gone off now. yeah, he'll, yeah, he'll come back at some point, but he's just not there at the moment. Yeah, what the hell was the point of appointing GMs if your commissioners are going to be on every week anyway? <laughs> Like, your commissioners could just handle everything. You don't need Daniel Bryan and Mick Foley. The point was, like, they're supposed to kind of fade out and let their general managers take over. And instead, they've each missed, like, one week, maybe two out of, like, eight. Like, great. Now, now instead of having two authority figures, we have four. Awesome, WWE. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's the new era. <laughs> yes, new era. More general managers, more authority figures. That's what you want, right? Yeah. I like how much <laughs> Mick interferes in Raw, and then Daniel Bryan just kind of like sets the table and lets shit happen. He, I think yeah. he kind of understands like, yeah, sometimes you get screwed in matches and, you know, your opponent's girlfriend sprays you in the face with mace, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to restart the match. That's just something that happens in professional wrestling, and you should know that. And so he just he leaves it alone, and Mick sees that, and he's like, "Restart the match! Restart the match!" Except he does it to screw specific people. <laughs> but you got to get that pop when you come out. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the, the right, right here out. in Nebraska. <laughs> I do. I, that's my one of my favorite Mick Foley things. It's so cheap. It's the definition of cheap pop. (laughs) To do it mid-sentence, like whenever you talk about the place you're in. So we had Randy Orton versus Eric Rowan. How'd you like that match? Eric Rowan had a new mask. It was really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Like with a clown's face on it and a bit of fluff on his ear. Yeah, that was odd. (laughs) And then we got the exact same Bray Wyatt promo that we've had forever. I'm a god. I can't die. You're just a man. I'm going to beat you. Because, you know, I'm a god who likes to wrestle. Felt very similar to a mix of uh, when he did the why, uh, why, no, anyone but you Roman stuff and the Dean Ambrose thing, and it kind of it felt like a mix of those two Bray Wyatt's, nothing else really to it. <laughs> it's like, oh, I feel like I've seen this promo God. before. Oh, the, yeah, it's probably with his Roman and Dean rivalries. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, it's not, yeah. The Bray Wyatt Dean feud was like basically his best feud ever outside of just you know the Wyatt's versus the Shield because he actually had a point. He's like, we are very similar, I want to be your friend. like we're both insane and misunderstood. And Dean's like, yeah, but I just want to punch you in the face. So at least it worked there. Like he's been repeating the same thing since then. And basically outside of, you know, stealing the Undertaker's powers for a week and then getting buried, he's given the exact same goddamn promo for a year and a half. And his feuds are the exact same too. I'm I'm going to interfere with someone randomly and then I'm basically going to lose every fucking match after that. I feel like we say the same thing every week about this. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that we stopped moaning about Roman Reigns. <laughs> we <we've, we've, laughs> might as well. We can eventually stop about <laughs> Bray Wyatt. But at least no, it's complaining because Bray Wyatt is underutilized, as opposed to Roman Reigns is overutilized. Like we didn't even mention the King of the Jungle, Bro, Bo Dallas. Just, <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> that, like, yeah. Yeah, Although, just, to we'll, be fair, we'll I liked we'll his little character him. tweak that he's like, "You guys never believed in me. I'm the only believer anymore." That's kind of a cool little tweak to his NXT character. But I don't yeah. like him wrestling in a singlet and being all super intense either. Yeah, he's he's his more serious stuff is just a bit boring. It's when he goes goofy that he can be entertaining. Yeah. Which is kind of what he did in NXT. He was like on his little world yeah. tour. Like that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that he was. That was why the fans turned on him before he went goofy. And he went goofy, and he went, oh, actually, I think I like this. Can you imagine him doing that against, like, the U.S. champion Roman Reigns? How funny would that be? It would be so fun. Roman <laughs> takes himself so seriously. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this yeah. is This is kind of why I want Roman to be U.S. champion. Sorry, I keep jumping over you. We have weird timing right now. Yeah, this is kind of why I want Roman to be U.S. champion. Because, like, you can throw weird shit at him, and at the end of the day, you can still have him be champ, and we'll be like, meh. But at least, like, it's entertaining to see the people thrown against him. Like, you could have a two-month feud with Jericho that would be fucking awesome, because Jericho would make him look like a million bucks. And even Bo Dallas being a fucking goofball would be really entertaining. And we wouldn't be so angry about him being challenged or challenging for the for the whatever Rob catch-up championship. <laughs> the Vol- because, Vol- we, ketchup yeah, we could just enjoy the feuds for what they are. You know when they say um, trying to capture the gold, can you say that about the raw title anymore? 
trying to capture the ketchup. Trying to capture the red. That feels really weird. I believe Eva Maria's on SmackDown. Oh, yeah. That makes it a bit rapey, trying to capture the red. Talk about a woman. No, no. Yeah, we've said this before. Raw feels like it takes itself really seriously, while SmackDown just tries to have fun and put on a fun show. And the fun show succeeds every week. So... Weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I guess, yeah, so the the whole point of this week is to get you hyped for Clash of Champions. Obviously, I'm going to watch it. I don't know if I'll stay up. because <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, like, well, it should be a good wrestling show. So, one, yeah. one little extra piece that we didn't talk about on SmackDown. We talked about Cena versus Ambrose, and Ambrose won in, like, six minutes or whatever. Which is, like, a really weird booking decision, but I kind of like <laughs> old man Cena where, like, he can't really go anymore. And you, mm. you kind of wonder what the implications are of him losing in six minutes and Dean beating him a couple times now uh, as far as the triple threat goes in a couple weeks. And the, mm. the one-on-one championship match next week, like, you can't really have Dean just take the belt back from AJ, but at the same time it would be really funny to see AJ freak out if it happened. So <laughs> a lot of, a lot mm. of interesting little uh, possible scenarios but what I, what I liked afterward was, you know, AJ coming out and sneak attacking Cena, sneak attacking Ambrose, and then, you know, taunting everyone. And Brian's like, oh, guess what? Your one-on-one match is next week. And AJ's like, no, I decide when the one-on-one match is. Oh, I ate a dirty deeds. Never mind. And then Dean ends the, the, the show looking strong. And he's, people pointed out he's playing more of his Moxley character now. Like he's more of his NXT version where he's really arrogant and outgoing and, you know, less brooding and less goofy. Yeah, it's the one I prefer. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's more get... anti-hero right now, for sure. Like, before you debuted, it's he was. this is the version people were getting excited about. Yep. <laughs> so, so I can't really complain. I'm really looking forward to it. I would have liked to see that Dean Ambrose-Mick Foley feud if Mick Foley could have got approved. Oh so amazing. <laughs> I've seen that video, <laughs> like, five times video. at this point of him confronting Mick, and it's just so raw. It's so crazy. <laughs> Like, they've never done anything like that. It's so good. And it's, it's just a shame you couldn't get cleared. It, it takes it such great. balls to, like, mm. just allow that to happen. If it wasn't happening in NXT, I mean, was was that booked for Raw? I think that was actually booked for Raw. Like, he was just going to skip yeah. over FCW. Yeah, well, yeah, because I think he was in FCW at the time. And oh, the yeah, idea yeah. was this will be his jump onto the main roster. And it was going to happen at SummerSlam. As in, like, it's not a crap, it's not a throwaway pay-per-view. This is one of the bigger ones. <laughs> yeah. But Mick Foley couldn't get cleared to wrestle because yeah. he can't really walk. Uh, <laughs> so The alternate universe that. where that happens, I, I would love to see it. Just a peek. Because then you don't have the shield with <laughs> Dean Ambrose. Like, does the shield even last? Who do you replace Dean Ambrose with? Because he's, you know, he added a lot of legitimacy to the shield well, early. And be... he was their mouthpiece. Without him, like, <laughs> Seth was okay on the mic and Roman was nothing. Like, you'd have to replace him with someone really good on the mic. And there just wasn't that person mm. in NXT at the time. So does the shield even work? <laughs> well, apparently it was meant to be Chris Hero. Yeah. Remember, it was Cassius Ohno yeah. on But, you uh, know, he NXT. couldn't ever get in shape. <laughs> yeah, he was. I've I've watched. I've gone back and watched some of his because he was the tag team with Cesaro on the Independence, the Kings of Wrestling. Yeah, and they're so entertaining. <laughs> it's just like they um the one move I watched the other day. They do like a wheelbarrow. Uh, they got the opponent in the corner, and then he and Cesaro do a wheelbarrow. And the point is they're doing the shoulder tackle into the corner. But they do like a really over the top and elaborate <laughs> setup for a wheelbarrow to launch Cesaro to the corner. It's just like it's so entertaining, so stupid. <laughs> Cesaro's yeah. so good. He's like the second most wasted talent on in the entire roster behind Bray at this yeah. point. And he just keeps yeah, getting so, himself yeah. over. Like the only way they can truly bury him is putting putting him in, in a match with Sheamus every fucking week. 
It's the only way you oh, can no. stop him from getting over. <laughs> and even that's not really working. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, he's such a good wrestler that he entertains people and people start to love him. However, WWE obviously can't get around the fact that he's not the best person on the mic, which is but who gives uh, a, a shit? bit of a shame. Like, yeah, he's not awful. That's what managers not... are for. Whatever. Just because you give him Paul Heyman, it doesn't and it didn't work. Like, give him a real manager. Give him someone who's not be... Brock's guy. Give him his guy. <laughs> he would be a face manager. That's it. Just give Aside him Enzo. Just give him Enzo. It's Enzo. Obviously, it's Enzo. We also if Enzo does like a training type thing. Well, treats them like Rocky or something with really intense training regimes and <laughs> get them into best physical shape. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. All right, is that it? I think we talked about everything. Uh, I think so. Um, I mean, it's anything else about off. TNA you want to talk about? I guess. Yeah, let's jump off of the WWE news and onto the TNA news. Aside from the one that you know about, there's obviously no news, is there? Uh, no. no, pretty much never, actually. <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> Who's this Cody Rhodes guy? No. <laughs> no. There's no DNA news, no. Cody Runnels, like, you mean. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's not going to be his name, is it? He can't He can't use Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is not his name. It's a WWE-owned name. Is that actually... I didn't know that's actually contracted. All oh, right, I thought he was yeah, using that. His name is Cody Runnels. Well. WWE invented oh, right. Cody Rhodes. Oh, well, no, it didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he can use yeah. it. That It's been kind of a debate. God damn it, we're talking about TNA. We're talking about Cody. I'm going to pretend we're not talking about TNA. Yeah, talk about Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I I don't think he can go by that name. There's a huge debate about it. So we'll see, I guess, when he debuts. But no, Cody Rhodes is owned by WWE. They invented it. That's not his name. Oh, I guess using his real name isn't too bad. It's not not as bad as Aaron Rex. (laughs) Yeah. And his wife is debuting on TNA. I don't know. Is she going to wrestle? That's weird. In, like, he did the PWG Battle of Los Angeles. And there... She was at the show. She um, she did ring announcing for him. <laughs> so when he came out, it was her doing the introduction and stuff. So it made yeah. him feel more important. Which is like awesome. Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was to have your wife introduce you. That's pretty. That's kind of yeah. u- unique. Not She's going to be his his uh, Maria. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it'll be quite good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, and he'll be a face, and it'll be great. Yeah, he'll fit in well. Right, so I was just going to use that as an introduction to us saying goodbye. <laughs> ended up actually we turned into a real topic. Cody's too good. <laughs> Right, is there any other news about TNA, Burn? <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy, so the answer's no. <laughs> Alright, and on that note, good night. Good night. Hey.